Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Welcome to the show. Go subscribe right now if you haven't, the 3 and Out Podcast. And uh, we got a lot going on. A lot is happening in the football world. We actually had breaking news on Monday. A guy named J.J. Watt has a new team. Some thoughts there. Alex Smith, not happy. A couple more thoughts on the Russell Wilson situation. The free agent market. 17 games is basically unofficially official. Looks like all 16 AFC teams will host the uh, Week 17 next year. And Jim Harbaugh. Saw something today that just Made me shake my head, and it's pretty understandable why he's in the predicament that he's in and not winning. He has a quarterback problem. Uh, And other than that, if you could, would greatly appreciate it. Leave that little review on uh, on the Apple iTunes. Really helps with everything we are doing here. And, uh, and yeah. Okay, let's dive into the news, the breaking news of the day. J.J. Watt signs with the Arizona Cardinals. And I'll be the first to admit, I was shocked, stunned. I mean, I'm rarely jaw open, but when I saw that, I had to do a double take. I had to see if he was playing with people. I didn't believe it at first. Clearly, it's official. He's going to the Arizona Cardinals. Two things jump out to me immediately. One, the Cardinals vastly overpaid. They're somewhat desperate. They haven't made the playoffs for a while. They should have made the playoffs last year. They fell apart. Their defense isn't very good. They gave an older player money that no other team would have. Sometimes when you're desperate, what do they say in business? 
desperate people usually make the worst deals. Usually want to make deals from the position of, you know, security of not have you where you can always walk away. The Cardinals clearly overpaid here. The J.J. Watt angle. As someone who aspires to move to the Scottsdale Tempe area and who plans on moving there in the next 18 months for a lot less than $23 million, I can't blame him. That's a boatload of money. He was scheduled to make $17.5 million. I don't think most good teams wanted to pay him more than $5, 6000000 million and then incentivize the rest. The Packers, the Bills... Teams like the Chiefs and the Bucks were never, ever giving them this type of money. I don't care what gets leaked. There's a reason the Cardinals had to pay this much because they're not a winning team and they have to overpay for a guy like this. And listen, me personally, part of being super rich is you can make decisions not based strictly on money. JJ's made 100 on the field, probably made 20 to 50 million off it. I mean, he's made a ton off it. 50 may be high, but 25, 30, 40, he's made a ton of money. Money is not, he has generational wealth. Really quick, the media throws around that term. You don't need to have $100 million to have generational wealth. If I give a smart guy a $10 million, that's generational wealth. You can invest in a couple real estate deals, put some money away, earn the interest off a couple million dollars. It's not that complicated. <laughs> like, you can gain generational wealth from way less money than J.J. Watt just signed for, let alone that he's already earned. He has an unlimited amount of money. He made more. I understand it. Because if, if his best offer was 5 to $8 million, they offered four times that. Listen, who am I to tell a man to turn down that type of money? And I'm not. Now, I would say, J.J., you're not going to win here. They don't win. They have a coach that does not win. The evidence is in. Cliff Kingsbury cannot win. It's not even disputable. Nice guy, good-looking guy, hard worker, spread offense, just ain't working. This franchise. I think the moment J.J. Watt officially signed, and I saw he tweeted out a picture, Bidwell is also a pilot, took his private jet, which he flew to pick J.J. and his wife up. Probably pretty cool. I actually kind of like Michael Bidwell. People always kind of shit on the Bidwell family growing up because the Cardinals were a joke. I think it was his dad. Bidwell feels like a very, very smart, high-level guy. Feels like a pretty good owner. They've had a lot of success under him, right? Went to the Super Bowl with Ken Wisenhut and Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, years later, they hired Kime and they get Bruce Arians. They start winning again. Like That franchise, when I was growing up out here on the West Coast, laughingstock, complete joke, viewed as cheap. This guy's not. This guy's impressive. Now, I think the moment J.J. Watt signed, the clock and the pressure is on, on two individuals, Cliff Kingsbury and the general manager, Steve Kahn. If they do not make the playoffs this year, I think both guys get fired. Because you look at what they've accumulated and acquired the last couple years, right? They draft Kyler Murray. Boom. They had a top 10 pick last year. They chose to take Isaiah Simmons over several players who were sweet. They get a gift because Bill O'Brien's crazy, and they get DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round pick. Now they have J.J. Watt. They're going, we need to make the playoffs. That's what this signing says. I'll give you extra money to, to give probably way too much money to an older player, but his leadership, his veteran presence, all that stuff, I get it. You bring him in, high-level guy. Playoffs are bust. Because you're still like, 
You have the worst coach in the division, Pete, Kyle, McVay, not arguable. But other than that, like, you have as much talent as all these other teams. Like, the talent on the Cardinals is really, really good. If I told you that Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, we'd go, oh, they'll, they'll win nine games. They'll win ten games. They'll be in the playoffs. Yet it Cliff's their coach. We go, uh, I don't see it. And that is back to the amount of money. They had to give J.J. Watt so much money. Because, listen, we all have a price. Even back to what I was saying about the best part about being super rich is being able to say no to things. But even when you're super rich, people bring you offers or bring you opportunities. It gets to a point where you're almost stupid saying no. Because let's say, hypothetically, the Packers had said, listen, J.J., we want you to come home, try to win a ring with Aaron Rodgers, and you'll be a legend. You'll be an absolute legend. You will be, you'll be considered the missing piece that helped the Packers get over the hump. And he goes, awesome. I want to play with Rodgers. I want to play with Devontae. I want to be a Green Bay Packer. How much? And they go, well, JJ, we'll give you a one-year deal, $5 million guaranteed, and we'll incentivize it. If you play in 16 games, if you make a Pro Bowl, if you get double-digit sacks, we got no problem problem paying you market value. That number will go up to, you know, another 10 to $12 million in guarantees. So basically get back to your $17 million number that you would have made in Houston this year. That's what we are prepared to do. Because if I was putting myself in the winning organizations, th- that would be the, what they were thinking about. They would never in a million years thinking about giving him $23 million guaranteed. A guy that before 2020 had been missing games in every single season. Many of those seasons, a ton of games. Now, good player, plays hard, on the wrong side of 30, but still is a very, very productive player. The Cardinals, when you're a desperate team, you, you give them $23 million guaranteed. So there's a chance that the good teams were offering them, you know, five to eight, right, guaranteed, dollar, guaranteed millions, and with a ton of incentives. And he basically took three, four, five times that to go to a team that he's probably not going to win at. Now, you can argue, listen, you're never guaranteed to win a Super Bowl. He'd go to the Packers and they could go 9-7. and seven. Rodgers would get hurt. Nothing is guaranteed in life. So I, even if he had gone to the Packers or the Bills, it would have been applauded like by fans and social media and people have been like, God, he's in a winning environment. There's no guarantee he's going to the playoffs next year, even on a team that looks dramatically better than the Cardinals. And you could put the argument that like the Cardinals have enough talent to make the playoffs. But like I've talked about pretty consistently, I'm betting against their head coach. I'm betting against their defensive coordinator. And even their quarterback, who it's not, you can't argue that his physical attributes work in the NFL. He's incredibly fast. His arm strength is fantastic. When he's in rhythm and playing well, he, he looks awesome. He's a legitimate NFL quarterback. You can win with him. But the size which 20, 30 years ago, no one would have taken him number one overall because he was, you know, you could argue like a shade over 5'8". He's tiny for NFL standards. Russell Wilson's tiny by NFL standards, and he's got Kyler by a couple inches. And if you've ever stood around Russell, Russell is thick. He's built like a little tank. Kyler's slender. Now, he's way faster than Russell, and he's got the, the elite speed. But we saw this year, I think it was Seattle on Thursday night, when, when uh, Kyler got slammed into the ground, he was never the same the rest of the season. And I'm, a, I'm not a Kyler hater. I think he works in the NFL. 
But I do question if he can sustain play because of his size. So there's just a risk, like a big part of it, JJ goes, I think Kyler can be a really good player. Well, what if he gets hurt? And he's the guy you would say is more inclined to get injured just because of his, his stature. That makes me a little nervous. There's a risky move for the cards uh, in the sense that they paid an over, you know, an older player. This is, an, I guess, a no-brainer for J.J. if being the, you know, getting the most amount of money was his number one decision. Like I said, I never judge anyone on words. Because he kept, I want to go where you win, I want to win, I want to win, and then he goes to the Cardinals. Like, listen, I judge you on your actions. I love money as much as the next guy. So I'm not, I get it. But no one can cry for this guy if they go 6-10. and 10. He's, really, he's going to be a really rich 6-10 and 10 player. I think, that's, I think that's fair to assume. And if that happens, if the Cards are not in the playoffs next year, get ready for the Arizona Cardinals' GM job and their head coaching job to become open. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going not, to, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, here's a story that I uh, I saw making the rounds the last couple days. I saw some clips with uh, Graham Bessinger, I think you say his name. He's always interviewing famous people. Good-looking, skinny dude. He's got great interviews. He had a good interview with Alex Smith where Alex was talking about the dysfunction and just his time with Harbaugh before Harbaugh with the Niners getting traded to the Chiefs. And if anyone's seen Alex's E60, it is one of the most heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching, and inspiring all-in-one documentary-type things with an athlete you'll ever see. And listen, having followed his career very closely... What he went through with the Niners before Harbaugh get here with a bozo like Mike Singletary, who's the worst coach maybe ever. I mean, honestly, like Hugh Jackson, Tom Sula, those guys are better than Singletary. As Mayoko said, uh, Matt Mayoko covers the 49ers. Because I remember asking him, like, during the Tom Sula year, I'm like, have you ever seen anything like this? He's like, oh, yeah, this isn't even close. The Singletary year tops it all. And Singletary was dropping his trousers at halftime to inspire was like calling out Alex Smith on game day in front of the team for toughness. I mean, it was crazy. Complete disaster. Alex's toughness, no one can ever take away. Alex, his grit, his determination is second to none in the history of sports, right? His leg almost fell off. He went to rehab where wounded warriors go. Had to have the Pentagon and people high up in the government sign off on him to go there. And he went and... It, it was, it, it's an incredible, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend going to watch it. But I think sometimes a story and a headline can draw us all in, right? We are all, suckers is the wrong word, but we all have, a, I, I think every single human being, unless you're just a complete psychopath and nut job, has part of our body that has an immense amount of compassion for anyone who's been in some sort of accident that they have they had no control over. Car accident, falling accident, an accident like Alex had where he got this bacteria in his leg playing football. I, I, I think the overwhelming majority of human beings, I always say this is about human beings in general. I think we've gone through this last year where a lot of people get talked about like they're being bad people. The overwhelming majority of people are good people. <laughs> like most people that you come across in life any socio, whether you're rich, poor, middle class, whatever, are just normal good people. I, 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 I believe that to my core. 
And I think we all, when we see something with Alex, most of us, the overwhelming majority of people, have the same reaction. Like, God, I'm pulling for this guy. We naturally pull for this guy. He's the easiest story to pull for. It's like you're going to get universal agreement, right? And everyone, when he came back, and I'm someone who, after watching that, thought like, Alex, just thinking this in my head, like, you're crazy, man. Just retire. You have more money than you know what to do with. What are you doing this for? But who am I to tell that to someone? Who am I to tell someone to stop playing, right? I, who are any of us to tell anyone to stop playing? Now, I think sometimes if you're like Peyton Manning, like an all-time great player, it's like, Peyton, I don't want to watch you throw balls into the dirt. And ultimately, he retired, right? Drew Brees, like, why is he retiring? Because he's not as good as he once was. I think it's easier with great players. But any fringe player, you, they, you should have, they should drag you off the field. What, because your career is going to end at 32 instead of 34? <laughs> you got the rest of your life to you. So I, I'll never tell anyone to stop playing. But I think the Alex Smith story has become better than the Alex Smith, the player. And Alex Smith said a bunch of things to GQ, how the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football team, didn't want him. They never really wanted him. Even though it's kind of BS because I read Albert Breer reported, and he's right, that they had him mentoring Dwayne Haskins. Ultimately, when they benched Dwayne Haskins, Alex came in. Like, they had paid him the last couple years, as they should have. I'm not saying they, like, they deserve a cookie for that. But they did a lot of things well. For all We can crap on the organization all we want, and trust me, they get drugged through the mud just about more than any organization in all the sports. I think the way they handled this Alex Smith situation, at least from my perspective, was very commendable and was very high level, especially this year. They even gave the opportunity for him to come back. He ended up playing, starting multiple games. And this is where I'm saying his story then became better than the play. Because he's not any good anymore. Why? He never had a great arm. A huge part of Alex's success with Andy in Kansas City when he really took off. Like, he became a solid starter. Harbaugh got, like, the train back on the tracks. Andy then created a high-level NFL starter. You know, probably somewhere between, like, 8 to 12. But you could definitely, if your team was good enough, you go to the playoffs every year. And a big part of that was not because of his arm. His arm is average. Now, he's really accurate, but he's also really athletic. That was a huge part of Alex. He was big and he was athletic. He could move because he was never throwing bombs. Hell, he was never throwing it like 25 yards down the field. But athleticism was a huge part of his game. And then this leg injury that he came back from, he cannot move anymore. He was a liability when you watched him play. Honestly, I remember the game that Haskins, or I, I can't even remember the quarterback, got KO'd. Maybe it was Kyle Allen. He comes in in the second half, and they're playing the Rams. And he got sacked a bunch, and Aaron Donald's jumping on his back. And I remember sitting on my couch, you know, it was middle of the season or early mid, you know, week six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, thinking, like, I, I feel bad. Like, Aaron Donald, do not hurt this guy. That, that's what's going through my head because he could not move, he could not avoid pressure. And that's a huge part of his game. So, when the, when the Washington football team released him today, they're not the bad guy. Because, listen, once you take the onion back on the incredible story and the incredible comeback, this is a bottom-line business, like most industries. And there comes to a point, it'd be one thing, right, if they were paying him a million dollars. Like, oh, keep him around. Scheduled to make $19 million. Not only is he not a starter, I don't even view him as a backup. I saw somewhere on social media today someone put out his advanced analytics like 
you know, yards per play, effectiveness per play, all some of the advanced stuff, they were terrible. He was god awful. And I think you can separate the person, uh, the player that was pre-injury. Incredible story. Incredible high-level guy. Man of the year type. I know the Chiefs guy, Andy, loves Alex Smith. To this day, Patrick Mahomes still mentions him when talking about his success. It shows you the impact he had on people there. And any 49er fan will say what he did the first year of Harbaugh leading them to the AFC or the NFC Championship game. Now, he didn't complete a third down in that game against the Giants, but nothing but respect for the guy. He is a certified badass. I'm watching that E60, as I'm sure if any of you that listened had to, had to be thinking to yourself, I don't know if I could do this. I might have just thrown in the white flag. I, I don't know how we got through this. We're all thinking the same thing. Because like I said, most of us humans have the same reaction to this stuff. We have compassion when it comes to these accidents and these injuries. We all do. It's something we all share. But then when you get back to kind of the reality of, okay, is he starting quarterback? Is he even worth having on a roster? Then I think we get up for debate. And you got to separate the two because this is a very polarizing individual. Because everyone just naturally is going to root for him. And the problem is, even as, I bet Ron Revere, Ron Revere just beat cancer. The dude literally coached the season with cancer. Was going to get treatments during the season. Would be so exhausted some games, he'd take a nap in the locker room before they couldn't even go out on the field in pregame warmups. Too tired. So, if, and I've met Ron, and anyone that knows Ron way better than I do in the league, I mean, he's like the highest character guy in the league. This guy's not kicking him to the curb. He's just simply not even close to being good enough anymore. You can't play with him. As, as sad as this sounds, I don't even know if he's an NFL quarterback anymore. Now, who am I to tell Alex that? He should keep trying to play, and he will. I do believe, though, this guy's not going to be in the league come this fall. Because I think when you watch him, you question, can he protect himself? Because a huge part of his game was moving. So I, I know this gets shaped sometime if you see this story that the Washington football team, who historically have been the bad guy, have been the idiots, have been the low-level operation. Not here. Honestly, I think since Ron's been there, they've been pretty impressive. Just the way they handled Haskins, the way they kicked Haskins to the curb. Like That's what high-level organizations do. It's not easy to do something like this with Alex. And listen, I can't speak clearly. He came out with some pretty bold words, and maybe he's really mad. And I don't blame him. Put a lot into it. But he just he's simply not good enough anymore. Okay, let's let's touch on uh, a little really quick Russell Wilson. And I, I heard I, I, watching a YouTube or maybe it was someone I followed on Instagram. It, it was an Instagram. You know, I follow some Instagram follows. I, I bet if we broke down everyone's Instagram follows, mine would be outrageous. <laughs> like everything from pro athletes to former presidents to business leaders to just chicks that are naked to inspirational quotes from uh, successful people. I mean, it's all over the map. Like, you you couldn't... If you were trying to figure me out from my Instagram follows, you'd have a hard time because I, I got a little bit of everything. And I think most of you listening, if I really dove into your Instagram follows, that, that you would be very similar. But I think I saw, I follow, I, I don't even know, uh, some business Instagram account. And it's it, it, it had this guy talking, and it gave me some perspective. Because sometimes, like anyone, right, wherever you live, you're like, God, I need to move. 
And obviously, I, I want to move more like tax reasons or whatever, but I'm just talking about the individual place. Like, I'm tired of living in this condo. Need to go buy a house, right? Think about that all the time. Need to go. It's like, this, this place sucks. You just If you're in a bad frame of mind, it's easy to think that, unless you live in some sweet-ass house. You can always upgrade, right? I, th- I have those thoughts every day. And on this like Instagram account, it had this guy saying, if you think about your life from the perspective of wherever you live, if you live in a condo, an apartment, a home, whatever, and you go, do you know the amount of people in this country or this world that would die to be living in this place? That would do anything to have what you have? Think how often you get mad at your job, right? You're like, God, this job sucks. You make... $95,000. Do you know how many people in America would die to make $95,000? Right? And and, and just, listen, say whatever you want. Like, sometimes just having a little perspective can just get you in a better frame of mind. Because I'll be honest, I'm naturally negative. The first thing I think about when I get up tends to be negative thoughts. I think it's genetic. Dad a little negative, too. I have to force positive thoughts sometimes in my head. Because it's way healthier. I can be way more productive get way more things done. I'm way more successful when I'm thinking, not just clearly, but thinking positively. Now, you can get mad, and negative thoughts are natural to come at you when things happen. That's not, that's human. But I think when you get obsessed with the negative thoughts, which is easy to get into a rut, especially this last like 12 months, and it can consume you. And if you can get back to positive thinking, and sometimes... That's where some of the motivational stuff just helps me. Just like, okay, I can just flip my mind. When you just think about it like that, you're like, yeah, you know what? My place isn't that bad. I'm lucky to own this place, even though you pay for it. I'm not lucky I pay for it, but you you get what I'm saying. And I think all of us can have a little perspective in our life. And I saw that Russell Wilson, the story that came out, we all saw him at the Super Bowl, is like when the cameras panned to him and his wife, Ciara, Sierra, never get her name right with Roger Goodell, because he was the man of the year. She was happy, Roger was happy, and they were having a conversation. And then it looked like Russell was pissed off. And stories have come out, he was very, very angry watching the Super Bowl. They definitely wanted us to know that, right? His people have leaked that he did not enjoy watching Tom Brady win. Why? Because he's watching Tom Brady have success. And if your success, or your, excuse me, if your happiness is tied to comparing your life, your, your lot in life, to the success of others, you're never going to be happy. And right now, a big kind of elephant in the room with Russell is that like he's comparing himself to Tom Brady. I got news for you, Russell Wilson. That's moronic. Because there's never been a Tom Brady and there probably will never be another Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, when it's all said and done, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He only wins one Super Bowl. I think we'd all bet against it, but we said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. A decade later, he's got one. Like, Aaron Rodgers has been really successful. Russell Wilson has been really successful. Obviously, Tom runs circles around them both. Now, I have no problem aspiring to be like that individual, right? You always want to aspire to be someone, whether it's personally, professionally, whatever, something that you're not, right? Something that you believe can better yourself, whether that's money or whether that's being a better person. So I, I understand professionally Russell Wilson aspires to be like Tom. Aspires to have that type of success, which is normal. But if his happiness, which it feels like, you know, he's getting mad at the Seahawks because they're not listening to him. He thinks Tom Brady's dictating personnel moves. I don't think he is, right? Like, he's not. 
he, they brought in Gronk. Like, the, is that really Tom Brady dictating? Any team in the league, if they would have signed Tom Brady, would have happily taken Gronk. So that, that, that really wasn't like Tom. Like Tom's pulling strings. I'm like, no, not really. Jason Light's like, yeah, we'll take Gronkowski. So would all the other 31 teams, including Belichick. So I, I think the big difference, here's another thing. And here's just, I think sometimes when you judge yourself against other people, you act like you are the same. And there is a major difference in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, or excuse me, and Russell Wilson. Tom Brady was never, ever babied or placated to in New England for two decades. For two decades, Belichick made it hard on him, coached him hard, held him to the same high standard as everyone else. We've all read those stories of like all his former teammates. I remember Brian Hoyer, his first ever meeting, team meeting, like the first, you know, they're going through OTA practices or maybe it was training camp practices and Belichick just lights into Tom. It might've been Castle. It was either Hoyer or Castle. And their quote was like, holy shit. If they're doing that to Tom, wait till they get to me. And that was a team full, full, full roster. 90 men at the time in that room. That's how it happened for two decades with Tom Brady. Yet all the stories with Russell, it was Pete telling the guys not to be mean to Russell at practice. It was Pete trying to get Russell the MVP. The Seattle Seahawks have somewhat treated Russell like you would an only child. Tom was treated like he was in a family of 10. And when the food came out, you better get to the dinner table quick because the food's going to disappear. And they don't care if you go to bed hungry. It was the opposite with Seattle with Russell. They did everything that he wanted. They constantly tried to get him help. They constantly told all the defenders that never shut up, I don't know, because they were dominating, to treat Russell better, to not be so mean to him. I think Albert Breer wrote about that today, or maybe it was Peter King. Pete Carroll had to have a meeting with his defensive guys. Be nicer to Russell. Do you think Bill Belichick ever in a million fucking years would have had that meeting with anyone with the Patriots? Well, first, he wouldn't have had to, but even if someone was talking to Tom, Tom would have handled it on his own. So Russell's comparing himself to Tom. Tom doesn't have that much in common with Russell. Tom likes to get yelled at. Tom's used to it. Tom won for 20 years when his coach actually cut corners. They didn't spend that much money. They would only take guys on cheap contracts. Where Seattle was actually doing the opposite of everything Tom always wished the Patriots would do. Spending big money on guys, trading for guys, doing crazy things. It just shows you, when you compare yourself to someone else, you usually don't parallel them. And also, when your happiness is based on, well, look how good it is for them, is stupid. Because you don't usually have that much in common with them. Now, I get Russell wants to win a Super Bowl. So does every quarterback worth their salt in the league. Don't you think Aaron Rodgers wants to win a Super Bowl? Tom Brady? Lamar Jackson? Josh Allen? All these guys. What do you think they... Kirk Cousins? Derek Carr? Drew Brees? The amount of work all these guys do. You don't think Dak Prescott was trying to win a Super Bowl with every inch of his being? Like, I, I just... I think we need to take a step back and go... People need to stop comparing themselves to Tom. Right? You're not Tom. You're never going to be Tom. You really don't have that much in common with Tom. Now, I'm not saying, Russell, maybe you don't like Pete Carroll. Maybe you're over the management. Maybe you want to go somewhere else. That's not abnormal. I can relate to that. So can most people listening. We all get tired of working with certain people. 
We all get tired of being in a certain situation. No matter how much money you have, life is hard with or without money. Now, it's easier to purchase homes and purchase cars and send your kids to private schools and all that stuff with money. Life is easier once you have money. But your happiness does not change with the cash. Russell has unlimited money. He's already won a Super Bowl. Now he's trying to chase all these, like, legacy stuff. One thing I've never heard Tom talk about, and, and clearly Russell has been pretty open about this the last couple of years, legacy stuff. You know what Tom talks about? The next Super Bowl. Winning the next year. He's just obsessed with that because his legacy dwarfs every quarterback in the league right now. Let's just pick the top three. Mahomes, Russell, and Rodgers in whatever order you want. I'd personally go, based on this last year, I'd go Rodgers slightly above Mahomes and then Russell. And obviously Rodgers has been doing it longer than Mahomes, but those two guys, Rodgers Mahomes are better than Russell Wilson, but Russell's better than everyone else, so I'd take those three guys. If you combine those three guys' legacies, they do not equal Tom's. If you combine their Super Bowl, really even their Super Bowl appearances, right? Mahomes been to two, Russell's been to two, and Rodgers been to one. That's five total. Tom's been to ten. So it just shows you, like, he's just in a different world. And he didn't get what you wanted for 20 years, and it worked. And I think sometimes in pro sports, because the amount of money these guys make, when you start making 35 plus endorsements, 50, 60 million dollars a year, well, do you know what a lot what happens a lot? People want to get involved in that. Because just, if I had a business right now making $50 million a year, I'd have to hire a ton of people. And people could profit off the business that I had. That's e- essentially what athletes become. And then you get a lot of people involved with their own ideas. Their own ideas may not be John Schneider's ideas or Pete Carroll's ideas. They're going to be four pro Russell Wilson. But this is a team game. And back to Tom. What is he known at? The greatest teammate ever. So I think Russell needs to look at a situation and goes, you know what? I got it pretty fucking good here. I've never in my career won less than nine games. And I remember after that season, John Schneider, they went nine and seven. John Schneider after the season said, it felt like we went, we won two games. You know why? Because the standards are so high. They're a powerhouse organization right now. Now, are they perfect? Of course not. Beside the Belichick Patriots and the Brady Patriots, most teams don't go to the Super Bowl every year. Russell is killing it. The the Seattle's killing it. They just won the division. A division that's loaded. You got the Rams, Kyle Shanahan, the Niners. You got Cliff and looking sweet and all those, you know, Kyler running around. They won it. Jamal missed a bunch of games. Their offense didn't even work at the end of the season, and they still won the division. So I, I just think we all need to take a deep breath, and maybe it's not fixable. I don't know. I don't know all the details, just from what I'm reading. But I do think Russell might be a little in over his skis on this one. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy. And that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Okay. We've talked over and over about sports leagues, the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. Nothing they do is a quote-unquote money grab. They are in the business of generating revenue. So everything they do involves money. That's the point of their business, to generate cash. And throwing away a little bit the corona, we're still in it, right? Because some of these teams aren't allowed to have fans. Uh, but it seems more and more that fans are going to be there in the summer. I think Major League Baseball is going to crush. Is absolutely, think how many people, once they open up, like, you know, baseball is allowed to have fans. Full stadiums this summer. People are going to want to get outside. People are going to want to go hang out with their friends. People are going to want to drink in the sun. I think baseball is really going to benefit. And obviously football, if all things go as planned, will crush it. The NBA, this NBA Top Shot thing, I'm sure many of you have seen it. You basically like buy a GIF. It's like an electronic poster. 
but it's on the internet, blockchain, crypto, whatever. I, I don't pretend to know. And I don't, my, my first reaction, and I try to always be careful with this, is not like, that's stupid. That'll never work. Because that's what losers say. Now, it might never work. It might be a massive bubble that's a disaster. But clearly they're on to something. It's just supply and demand, and there's a lot of demand for this stuff. Now, the NBA for the Top Shot thing owns it. So they, they get the revenue. So it's good for their league if a ton of people buy it and it generates a ton of money. That gets them money that they split between the owners and the players. And I'm pro finding new revenue streams. So I give them credit on that one. Even if I don't pretend to quite understand it. But I don't really understand crypto. And I just dabbled in a little ADA over the weekend. And I plan on dabbling a little more. Because if it is a bubble, I want to ride that bad boy and make a little cash off it. But I also can think like, yeah, crypto is kind of weird. Is it going to work? Is it going to disappear? I don't know. I don't pretend to have the answers to this. But I know it's something. And the point of these leagues is to keep growing. Just like any business you're at, if you're a sales guy, right, once you hit a number, right, if you, if you were supposed to get $500,000 in new business, and that's your quota or whatever, that's where you're you know, supposed to hit. Once you hit it the following year, getting 350 is not cool. Hell, they might want 550 the following year or six. People only grow. We, we only, you know, move the finish line, move the goalposts, as they say, because you never want to go backwards. And it's why the biggest thing the NFL has been pushing now for years is the 17th game. Because games in the NFL, and we've talked over and over, they don't make any money from practice. <laughs> they don't make any money from workouts. They don't make any money during the week. They make all their cash on Sunday. And it makes so much freaking money that it makes all these players millionaires, makes these coaches millionaires, and make these owners billionaires. It's an incredible partnership. Everyone is getting filthy rich. And the 17th game is clearly a money grab. But like I said, there's no such thing as a money grab. There's just additional revenue. And then there was also reports today that they are going to put a Monday night football game uh, in the playoff, in the wild card round. Of course they are. Because it would get huge ratings. It will work. Now, like the crypto stuff, like the ADA that I purchased, you never know what the future holds. Is it possible that 17 games is bad for the league? Over a 5-10 year span, it creates more injury, more wear and tear. Is there ever a uh, diminishing returns of football? Because right now, football isn't just king. It's running laps around everything else. Not just in sports, but in entertainment, it gets the most views by a mile. Does that, are they ever nervous about that coming back to earth? Probably a little, but you can't think about the worst case scenario when your foot's on the pedal. You just got to keep doubling down. And so far, I think the NFL would say is like, we've hit a recession in the late 2000s. We crushed it. We Corona, we navigated through it. It will just keep firing through because that's their mindset and it's been very successful I understand why they're doing it do I get nervous as just a lover of the game a lover of the league that it could ever hurt the sport of course because I I'll be you know we already know the NFL is not going to be on top forever no chance because I've seen in my lifetime multiple sports dominate when I was born in 1984 baseball was by far the biggest sport in America then in the 90s, Michael Jordan came. The basketball was huge. 
maybe the NBA as a whole wasn't as big as baseball or football, but Michael Jordan was equally bigger, if not bigger, than all of them. Then he went away and basketball came back to earth, even though they still had stars that carried him, but nothing like when Michael was with the Bulls, doing like 30 million people watching NBA Finals games. And then football, which I always say, I think Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were the Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in the 2000s, it took the leagues to new heights. And then it just naturally, they benefited from the internet, they benefited from society, having short attention spans, they benefited from low inventory only once a week, easy to consume on an off day Sunday, a lot of factors. They've just kept doubling down. And we're going to see if this works. Now, initially, of course it's going to work. More football, people will watch, they'll be fine. I just wonder, big picture, you just ask the question. Extra playoff teams, if we ever, because there is a point, I think in anything in life, where you hit like a breaking point, where it's just like, as too much, right? Like, I think we've realized baseball, 162 games, too much. It just, it is. 82 games in the NBA, way too much. 16 games in football feels, you know, about right. You could argue they, they, they'd probably be fine with 14 games. Create even more urgency. But they would make way less money. And like I said, they, they end up making less money. So they're kind of at this point where the only way to keep making cash is more games. They added playoff teams, extra playoff games. Well, what does that mean? Way more cash. Added a week, way more cash. Let's do a primetime game in the playoffs on Monday night football. More cash. Thursday night football, I heard Colin say, it's a, it's a money loser for Fox. I have to text them. I, I, I'm fascinated how they lose money for that, but clearly they do because Fox doesn't want Thursday Night Football anymore. You know what Jeff Bezos says? I'm in. I got cash. We're interested. What did Amazon do last year? They had Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. I did the reads for it on this show. Watch Amazon, watch Amazon Prime feeds because what were they doing? They were preparing, showing the NFL that they had the infrastructure. We know they have the money but they had the capabilities of hiring the right people to do this. And they did. Seamless transition. So I just it's going to be interesting over this next decade. Like, did the NBA, did the NFL peak? Like, will I tell my kids, you know, the NFL peaked from like 2015 to 2025? Or do they go on another 20, 30 year run of dominance? I don't have the answer. But I'm going to be fascinated watching it play out. I saw something today that alerted me to a potential disaster. Now, you could argue that this situation has already been far from ideal, given the hype, that when the University of Michigan hired Jim Harbaugh, it felt like maybe he wasn't going to be like Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, but he'd be competing to go to the playoffs every year. That clearly has not happened. And Michigan underachieved is not fair because they were shitty when he got there. He's been fine. He's... He's done better than they were doing before he got there. But that wasn't the expectations when he was hired. They hired him to great applause because they thought he was going to win big, like he had just done in San Francisco, going to NFC championships into a Super Bowl. He didn't have to win the national championship in Michigan. Hell, if he just would have got to the playoffs a couple times and got blown out in the first round, that'd be fine. But as we know, he hasn't sniffed the playoffs. And the biggest thing, and his biggest issue right now, is the number one thing we talk about in football nonstop. Do you have a quarterback? And today I saw a story that this guy named Alan Bowman, I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of Texas Tech football. Though Matt Wells, who, did he still get fired? Follow each other on Twitter, DM'd a little bit. I like the guy. He was at Utah State. Big fan of the guy. Texas Tech's tough job. 
Alan Bowman, who has 33 career touchdowns and 17 interceptions, who was a three-star recruit and had offers from places like Columbia and Missouri, his best offers like Ole Miss, is now transferring to the University of Michigan. Here's what I do not understand. Because I'm not like necessarily anti-transfers. Kyler was a transfer. Baker was a transfer. Justin Fields was a transfer. You can get good players who are transfers at quarterbacks. But eventually, I need you to recruit a good player. Like Oregon, they recruited Justin Herbert. Clemson, they recruited Trevor Lawrence. Now you could go, Trevor Lawrence was the number one player. Okay, Justin Herbert was not. Nick Saban recruited Mac Jones, who, unlike Tua, was not some highly touted guy. Ed Ogeron got Joe Burrow when a lot of people could add Joe Burrow. Jim Harbaugh cannot find a quarterback. He can find other positions that go to the NFL because a lot of guys from Michigan get drafted. But if he continues to have to go to this well of transfers who are not future NFL players, what's he even doing? This is not going to get better. You cannot put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. For whatever reason, he keeps recruiting these guys and they do not work out. McCaffrey, Milton, he cannot land a quarterback for the life of him. Now, with the San Francisco 49ers, and even, let's go back, to the Stanford Cardinal, Andrew Luck was not that big of a recruit. And Stanford, who was had some momentum at the time, is a unique institution. Because it, it you know, attracts the academic elites in athletics who are also great at sports. And as we know, Andrew Luck is just kind of a unique person. He might have gone to Stanford, whether Jim Harbaugh was the coach or whether I was the coach. You could argue maybe he lucked into that. He gets the Niner job. Alex, he inherits Alex Smith. And then the following year, they draft Kaepernick, but he wasn't the GM. Balky had the juice. Now, I do think Harbaugh wanted Kaepernick, but like that would be the one guy that you could argue that he chose over the time. Now, I get that he okayed giving a scholarship to Luck, but like I said, would Luck have gone to Stanford whether he was there or not? Possibly. But regardless of any of this information, he now has been like, there is no one arguing he's in charge, he's the general manager, and he cannot find a quarterback. He keeps having to take these transfers of guys that will never sniff the NFL. I'm not even asking him, and I know I brought this guy up, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, to land a top five pick. Can you just recruit a guy that we talk about might get in the second or third round of the draft? How can you not do that? You're the University of Michigan. You coached in the NFL and had success. You coached Luck and had success. You were a quarterback, played in the league for 15 years. How can you not, whoever just the top 10 quarterbacks are in the country, how can you not go to like two of them and land one of them? It, it doesn't feel like he's doing that. And now again, like a couple years ago, he's going back to the well of getting this guy from a tiny little school to transfer to Michigan. I've never watched Alan Bowman throw a pass. Here's what I do know, though. Under no circumstances should Harbaugh be relying on a guy like this to be his quarterback. And until Michigan fixes this problem, which clearly doesn't look like it's getting fixed anytime soon. One time when I was in high school, my dad worked for this guy who was a big, big farmer. And he had this barge. 
and he had some land on this thing called the Delta. And it's like this river, you know, this water kind of, it's basically a river that flows all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And he got this barge that also had a crane. And the crane, the barge was from World War II. And there was a famous story that in like the 40s, right, during World War II, the crew on the barge got a bad batch of moonshine and everyone died. And like, I, I don't know if the U.S. government owned the barge or something, but they didn't have anything to do with the barge. So he got it, you know, like 20, 30 years later at like a complete discount, you know, for 50,000 bucks or whatever. And he just put it in the Delta. Well, one day there were leaks in the barge and we had gone out there because they used to go out there to duck hunt uh, past where the barge was. And they saw oil was all in the Delta and it was going to be a problem. So we realized we got to get some pumps and get the barge back elevated. So we tried to use these little pumps and it didn't do a thing. The barge was sinking. The irony then this dude went off the, the levee, the Coast Guard randomly had to come save him. They drove by the barge, bunch of oil. It was a disaster because no pump especially handheld pumps, were going to save the barge. Just like no transfers are going to save Michigan. Do you know how Michigan won in the past? They recruited elite players. They developed them, and then they won. That's what Ohio State is doing right now. That's what Wisconsin is doing right now. That's what Penn State is trying to do right now. Michigan kind of feels like they don't have any direction because they keep trying to band-aid these problems at the biggest, most important position. I hate to say it, but I, I think this Jim Harbaugh thing could get even uglier. Okay, let's get to the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. And uh, you guys know the drill. Slide up in the direct messages. And you get read here on the podcast. Also going to start posting it on YouTube, John Middlecoff YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, give you a thumbs up. Hey, brother, we'll keep it short this time. Thank you. Should and would Cam Newton consider playing a position outside of quarterback? Haven't heard this one before, but I fucking like it. You cannot tell me that he isn't more athletic than Taysom Hill and alike. Obviously, few teams run those type of packages, but the idea of Cam lining up wide is a scary thought. He's massive and still got wheels. I like what you're thinking here. If Cam Newton cannot throw anymore, and clearly, if you watched him last year with the Patriots, there would be games where they just just rode him like a horse. (laughs) He's secretariat. There is not a bigger, stronger, might be some faster athletes, but pound for pound, he might be the fastest athlete in the league. That I'm with you. I don't know what position. I just think kind of hybrid quarterback. Pay him like Taysom Hill. Could he make two years, $12 million, $6 million a year? He made a million dollars last year. Why, why wouldn't he take six to be a hybrid player? Now, does he want that pounding? He's already really rich, but I'm with you. The one thing you'd say about Cam Newton, because remember, like Tebow, I'm only a quarterback. And Cam obviously is too. But would Cam be more open to just doing stuff like that? I don't think that's nuts at all. Would a good team, you know, just get him? People like him. He works hard. I'm not against that at all. I don't know what the position. Basically, I think you would still consider him a quarterback. You just ask him to play a Taysom Hill role. I love that. You're a genius. Honestly, I, I, I like what you're doing there. Hello, John. This is from, uh, looks like a spam porno. 
I can't wait to hear your take on J.J. Watt based on previous takes on Vance Joseph and Cliff. Love the pod. Guess you can't blame him for taking the money, but he did say he wanted to win a ring. I think we all say a lot of things in life, and if someone presents you with, and I've never been, had the difference of, well, you want to work for $5 million or you want to work for $23 million? Because I, I think, and I saw someone tweeted out from Arizona that he had similar offers from, you know, the Titans and the Colts. Bullshit. I, I don't believe that. Of course, the Cardinals want that out. I, I don't think any good team would be in that stratosphere. Uh, but listen, I'll never tell a man they should take less money. But I'm also like, when your career ends and you have one career playoff victory, I, I don't necessarily feel bad for you. What up, Koff? Keep up the work. Do you think that there's a possibility the Niners roll back Jimmy? Like there's a legitimate chance. Any inside chatter about it? If so, what are some legitimate alternatives with the 12th pick? Also, an in-depth Middlecoff Niners mock draft would be cool. You know, I, I, I'm i a big first and second round guy. I I, I give the uh, the rest of the rounds, fourth, fifth, sixth. I give that to the to the draft Nick community on Twitter. I I'll just play the hits. Oh, I have no problem. I'll talk first round till your, you know, till your ears fall off. I think there's a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback. Yes, because they don't control this, right? The 49ers want Deshaun Watson. Right now, he's not available. They're not willing to trade him, so there's nothing they can do. They would obviously take Russell Wilson. Seattle would never trade them Russell Wilson. That's not even an option. And Russell has a no trade clause, so that's not even an option. Deshaun Watson, their number one target. I don't think the Texans will trade him to the Niners. Could just be me. If they do trade him, he's going to the Jets. He's going to the Dolphins because they're picks. I do think a viable possibility is they keep Jimmy and they sign some backup, like a like a Andy Dalton type, Trubisky maybe for like three or four million dollars. Have that guy and Jimmy on the team as they go to the draft. Then on draft day, because they do not control right, they're drafting twelve. There are a ton of teams above them. By then, we would know the Dolphins, the Texans slash the Jets, what that little group was doing. But we don't know, like, is Falcons going to take a quarterback or the Eagles going to take a quarterback? We know the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take a quarterback. The Lions, probably not. Cowboys, I don't know. There's a lot of unknown. Now, I do think it's possible that the Niners could jump up in that draft, take a quarterback, let's say Justin Fields, then, if the Patriots don't have a quarterback, take Jimmy Garoppolo, send him to the Patriots, and basically their quarterback room would be Justin Fields and Mitch Trubisky or Andy Dalton. I think that's a possibility. So just because they don't make a quarterback change in the middle of March, when free agency and all these trades become official, does not mean that they're not still looking and that change is not, I, I, I don't even say inevitable, but possible. Which is fun. Right now, there's a lot of hypotheticals out there. Great show. Keep up the work. Heard you say the Tiger winning the Masters. Uh, about I heard what you said about Tiger winning the Masters and fully agree with the emotional connection. I'm one year older than Tiger, so it's pretty interesting to follow these guys, TB12, other dudes in the same age bracket. Follow-up question to Tiger's injury. What do you think about his chances to come back in the senior PGA? And as a football fan, I've been a Bears fan since Walter Payton sent me an autograph 8x10 when I was in fifth grade. What should be done in Chicago to get back to the playoffs consistently? Do you know what's cool? Is clearly when you were growing up, Clay, and when I was growing up, even in, I'm a little younger than you, you could send a note from your class to like Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, 
Emmett Smith, Brett Favre, Steve Young, whoever, Elway. And they would have days where the PR guy would clearly give them a bunch of stuff, they would sign stuff, and they'd send it back. I love technology, and I'm glad to be living at the time we're living in. It's great for my personal business. I think it's great for anyone's business. It's a lot of opportunities to grow. There are pretty cool things, though, that get lost. Now, you could argue that players can tweet or Instagram comment and stuff for sure. That's true, but there still was nothing like getting... I remember I had a friend that had a, a framed picture of Jerry Rice, sent him. Just signed it and sent it back to him. Like, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't think Tiger was... Tiger Healthy was never going to play on the senior PGA Tour. Too rich, doesn't need it. Um, yeah, I can't, can't see it. Maybe he'll play an event or two. I also don't see Tiger playing golf in his 50s. Like his body... Like Phil's going to play till he can't walk. Tiger might not be able to walk. I, I, obviously, the car accident, but I'm just saying, like, the path he was on with all his injuries, he was not going to be a healthy 50, 60-year-old. Like, watching some of the guys that play, like, Phil's going to be healthy. Tiger is just, Tiger broke down before the car accident, let alone the car accident. Like, we don't, we don't know for sure the extent of all these injuries. Like, if you read Tiger's statements, they've been pretty mum. They've been positive, but they have not made like concrete statements about the situation, about, hey, his legs are stable, he's going to be able to walk again, or there's no infections. or It's been, you know, pretty just, they've given you as much information, as, or as little information as they can by also acting like they're giving you a lot, because they're not really. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed, knock on wood, that the guy comes out and he's able to walk again. Who knows? The Bears, they just need to get a quarterback. For the love of God. The franchise has never had a quarterback. Just get a quarterback. You get a quarterback, you got a chance. Look at the team in your division. The Green Bay Packers. You've been playing for three decades. Far off Rodgers. Just every year for tw- almost 30 years, they've had a quarterback. It really changes things. Look at the Patriots. For 20 years, they had Brady. For the Colts, 15 years, they had Manning. The, the Seahawks, for a decade, they've had Russell. It's For 15 years, the Saints had Drew Brees. Help for the Falcons had Matt Ryan. You just need to get some consistent quarterback play that's above average. You don't even need Rodgers' best-case scenario. You just take Matt Ryan, right? You you would you'd, you'd give anything for Matt Ryan. A 23-year-old Matt Ryan just for a decade? You're like, oh, my God. Sell our, sell our soul for that. I don't know how you do that, though. It's good. <laughs> Who your options are. Uh, I would appreciate it if you could... Fucking please stop apologizing for saying your curse words. Your profanity is why I love you and listen to your podcast. If you keep apologizing or hold back, I'm going to have to fucking stop listening to you. I appreciate it. I do it more as a joke. But also, in fairness, I know some people listen with their kids in the car. Uh, Yeah, that's I'm being sarcastic over it. Obviously, I don't really care. But I don't want, you know... I don't know. I just, I, I try to be respectful, you know. But I talk like I talk. Uh, I'm going to cut to the chase. Why don't the Niners pull out their big dicks and start swinging for the fences and go after Deshaun Watson? See, my, my listeners talk like I talk too. I'm tired of this half-ass Jimmy G having bullshit. Winner's closed, John, and Garoppolo isn't going to close. Uh, I'm with you, bro. I, I, I think... Uh, I think they're trying. I, I've told by very good sources they would 
they would be very, very aggressive for Deshaun Watson. But I just don't think it's an option. And if Deshaun truly, if the Texans go, he's available, the Jets and the Dolphins just have things to give them. Like the second and third pick in this draft, I'm sure is Casario. They're putting their draft board together. They're evaluating these quarterbacks. I mean, the Dolphins will just be giving them their pick back. Pick three is way better than pick 12. And if you're the Texans, you would rather have picks than like, even if the Niners, I wouldn't do this if I were the Niners, Fred Warner, George Kittle. You're not trying to win. You're trying to reset your franchise. I want picks. You give me three first rounders and one of them is pick three and I can draft a quarterback and start over. That's where I think the Niners are in trouble. Because if I'm the Texans, I don't want your players. I'd rather have second and first round picks. I want picks. I want to reset. I want to blow this bad boy up. That's what I think they're doing. They're blowing the bad boy up. Uh, that's it. I appreciate everyone uh, firing in those DMs. I want you to have a great week. Stay positive. And uh, see you a little bit later this week. See me on YouTube. I'll have some content up there as well. Peace. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.